Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the History Rewind podcast. It is I, yet again, your host, Riley Heaton. And today we're going to be going over the, I think what a lot of people would call the uh, mysterious life story of one Mr. Patrona Halil. Now, Mr. Halil is most well known for his role in instigating the mob that began the Petrona Halil Rebellion in Constantinople and the Ottoman Empire in 1730. Now, you really don't have to be a rocket scientist to guess where the name of the rebellion comes from, but obviously it was named after Petrona Halil. Uh, although he was not the only one to play a major role in this rebellion, he's the one that, that gets the most credit, hence it's named after him, but, but we're going to get into that in just a little bit here. Now, basically, what this rebellion does, it, it leads to the Sultan of the, of the Ottoman Empire, Ahmed III, being deposed and replaced by Mahmud I. And, uh, interesting fact, Mahmud was his nephew. And this ends the Tula period within the Ottoman Empire. Now... I'm just going to explain the Tula period before we get into the nitty-gritty of Petrona Hidlil's life story. But basically, the Tula period gets its name from what I interpret and can see from my research as the Ottomans were obsessed with tulips. And because of all the cultural um, blossoming and flowering at that time uh, through art, music, politics, and ceremony... Um, it, the Ottoman Empire was able to expand in many different ways. Uh, but this this rebellion uh, eventually helps bring about the demise of this interesting... I, it kind of seems like a little bit of a renaissance, um, but it eventually brings along the end of the Tula period. So to start off with Petrona Halil's life story, uh, I'm just going to say that not much is really known about his early life uh but one thing that we do know is that he was albanian and he came from the village of hordopista in modern day macedonia now a lot of store a lot of sources say that he was turkish uh but uh, uh that, that ends up not being true he was albanian and his birth name is not patrona halil his birth name is Horpesteli Anavut Halil. Now, the name Horpesteli uh, basically uh, gives information as to where he was born and where he was from. Now, Petrona, that comes from the word for vice admiral in the Albanian native language. And it wouldn't surprise me if this was the reason why... Um, he his chosen profession before doing all the rebelling he was a sailor and i i wouldn't be i wouldn't be surprised if he was called vice admiral be, like if because he was a sailor um it's i didn't find anything saying that was why but it, but it wouldn't surprise me if that had something to do with it now it's unclear when he does this but he eventually joins the janissaries uh, and he's involved in two notable rebellions, one in Nice and then another rebellion in Vidin in 1720. 
It was unclear when the rallying in Nice took place, but Vidin was the only one where a date was given. Now, in 1730, we're about to get into the really good stuff. Well, it's all good, but this is like the really, really good stuff. Uh, he eventually makes his way to Constantinople, the capital of the Ottoman Empire. He arrives, and he arrives in support of the Sultan's nephew Mahmud I. Mahmud wishes to take over his and depose his uncle Ahmed III. So by this point, the people of the Ottoman Empire were crying out against the war tax that they have been that they have had placed on them for a war against Persia. Now the Ottomans and Persians have been going have been going at it many times throughout history, but the uh, uh, this this was definitely one of the worst worst ones. And as you see in many different cases, um, taxation leads to rebellion. Uh, uh, definitely one that comes to mind is the American Revolution. There are plenty others. This is a great this is a great example of one as well. Now, on September 28th, 1730, with the help of a Greek butcher named Yanaki and his 12,000 Janissary followers, Patrona Halil begins his rebellion. Over the next three days, the people joining in with the, in the rebellion burn and rob the homes and estates of the wealthier members of Ottoman society. Most notably, they burn the beautiful gardens these people owned, which is believed to be the end of the tulip period. And we're right back at that whole, the Ottomans were obsessed with tulips, and it was said that these gardens were full of them, and full of the most beautiful flowers you've ever seen. But sadly, they were all destroyed as a result of this rebellion. Now, by the end, by the end of the three days, the Grand Vizier is executed, Constantinople bleeds, and the Sultan had been deposed by his own nephew. Now, to expand on what the Grand Vizier is, um, they were basically the head of government for many sovereign states uh, within the Islamic world, and. Um, the Ottoman Empire was an Islamic, uh, I don't want to say country, but an Islam, yeah, Islamic empire at that time. It was the main, it was the main religion, and this position had a lot of religious importance for the religious importance for the Islamic community as a whole. Uh, and looking into it a little more, I saw something about how it was connected to the caliphates and all that. Um, so it's very, it was very, very important to Muslims in the Ottoman Empire. And basically, Halil wins his rebellion, and he now begins to see himself as the master of the capital. Now, to expand on that a little bit, think of it this way. You're, you're an Albanian coming from modern-day Macedonia... You're an Albanian coming from there. You humble beginnings. You you become a sailor. You join the Janissaries, fight in a couple rebellions. Get you know, work your way up through the Janissaries. Accrue like get together twelve thousand followers. And I don't know if I mentioned this before, but most of them were Albanian themselves. And you take on one of the most powerful empires in the world at that time 
and flip it on its head. In just three days, you you overthrow the Sultan and you take over the city. The capital city. That's insane. So, I, I mean, I'm going to talk about this again in a little bit, but I like I, I wouldn't blame him for, for feeling like he was on top of the world. He accomplished so much in so little time. You know, with his position in the world, it's you, it's inconceivable. You don't see it. So, two months after the rebellion, the new sultan is meant to be appointed officially, and Halil is riding with him to the ceremony at the mosque of Iyab, where Mahmud will be given the sword of Osman. Osman, of course, is was the founder of the Ottoman Empire. And this is an important tradition for sultans of the Ottoman Empire at that time. He also, within this time frame, he appoints Yanaki Hospodar of Moldavia, and he forces Mahmud to burn the mansions all over Constantinople and abolish the war tax. And I see this as a big, we'll say, middle finger to the upper class, which I'm sure many, many people throughout the city and the empire as a whole were feeling. Now, the thing that seems to cross the line with Halil is that he calls for war to be declared on Russia. And based on what I have read, Mahmud seems to have had enough by this point. So, on November 25th, 1730, Mahmud I has Halil, Yanaki, and 7,000 of Halil's Janissary followers killed. And this is in order to give himself more breathing room and relieve some of the pressure he was feeling at the time with so many influences around him. And with the way that Halil was acting, he was acting as if he was more powerful than the Sultan. And he basically was with the amount of stuff he was calling for. But people, people saw him as a hero because he overthrew the last Sultan. So, so Mahmud wanted, wanted that power. So he killed him out of jealousy as well as the other things but jealousy seems to be a major major theme here now an important thing to look at with patrona Hulil is the impact that his rebellion had on the ottoman empire and eventually turkey throughout the rest of history sadly this rebellion would not be the last one more skirmishes would come up in 1731 and 1740 those are the two most notable ones it was it was uh, similar situations but um, it was the same Sultan uh, Mahmud ruled, I believe, until 1754. Uh, and the, these people were uprising because of what the Sultan did to Halil. Hal- Halil's rebellion changed Ottoman political, uh, Ottoman political, economic, and social histories, respectively, in many different ways, far too many to list here, or else this podcast episode would be over, over an hour long. Now... In the end, Halil was killed because of both jealousy and his lust for power. But like I, like I asked before, like could you blame the guy like where he's coming from? Like he 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 flipped the world's biggest empire on its head in 3 days. And in his mind, he felt like he did it all by himself. Granted, he didn't because he had many followers behind him, but still, he led that. And I, I might have been a little cocky too, and I'm sure some of you guys wouldn't have been cocky too about it, but I'm pretty sure we wouldn't have been dumb enough to get ourselves killed for it. 
now. Uh, that's all I have for today. Uh, I just wanted to say thank you to all of you so much for listening. Uh, I hope you guys found the life of this man just as just as intriguing, if not more so than I did. Um, I'm going to leave my sources in the description if you guys wish to look into them some more. And who knows, maybe some of you guys will find more information about the other um, rebellions he was involved in, or maybe even some more stuff about his personal life in his life as a sailor or growing up in Albania. Anyway, happy researching, guys. And remember, knowledge is power. And cheers.